Okay, so, um, oh, I forgot to do this. I usually wave. Um, this Conversation Points series of talks is about your student-athlete. Uh, the last ones I told you what not to do, the things that uh, uh, coaches hate, students, or your student-athlete will hate, just things that aren't going to work, some bad things. Don't do those things. Here's stuff you can do. I'm going to just start off straight off of the list, and then I'm going to go into each, each thing. So this is from a dad's point of view who has four kids playing club sports. This is from uh, a uh, uh, human's point of view who owns a gym that helps train uh, adults as well as students. Uh, I've done so much coaching, whether it's rec level, uh, club level, uh, adults, kids, high school, I mean, you name it. Weirdly, uh, I got a call out of the blue, like a Kevin Bacon link up. A, the River Ridge track and field coach uh, texted me and said, hey, I hear you pole vaulted. I'm like, what? Uh, yes, I did. And I have helped some people pole vault, but that's been years. So he's like, I need help. And so, you know me, help first. I said, sure, I'll be there. When and where? So Friday um, at the River Ridge track and field, I'm going to go help some kids pole vault. So we'll see how that goes. But I've done a lot and I have screwed this up a lot. So the stuff I'm giving you isn't just, I don't know, it's theoretical and you should just maybe try this and maybe meditate on it. This is real stuff. Okay, so here, here we go. I'm going to run through them and then I'll talk about them, all right? So be on time. Your kids can't drive, so if they're not there, on well, be on time. Um, have the proper gear. Uh, help them with mindset. Nutrition habits. Start it now. Uh, Out-of-season options. Uh, set obtainable goals. Uh, the the magic saying, I love watching you play. And then shut your mouth. Um, I think we talked about that last time, though. One-on-one uh, -on -one, one -on -one, uh, training versus group training and what you can do and how you can do those. So, hey, Amy. Uh, new eyes, not just yours, but other parents and coaches. And then understand and partner with your coach. Okay, so let's take those back. I got other stuff too, but we're going to start with this. If it goes too long, I'll separate these out. So uh, be on time. Look, if your kid can't drive and, and she's late to practice, that's pretty much your fault, right? Unless they're at home dragging their feet and you're in the car. So this is what I do to my kids. Um, I coach. So um, currently right now, I will tell them, hey, practice is at 530. I need to be there about 510 because I like to be early. Early is on time, on time is late, and late is unacceptable. Just get that into their heads, into your head, right? So I tell my kids, I will be in the car at five o'clock. I will honk the horn. If you're not in the car with me, then I leave you. And so they know ahead of time, and then I give them a warning. Hey, five minute warning, I'm about to head out the car and get it all sorted, so get your junk and get ready. And I honk the horn and they have 60 seconds <laughs> to make it to the car. Otherwise I'm off, right? So I set them up. We have a process, but it's my fault if they're not there on time. I'm planning because I, mean, I pretty much plan it. Now it's different with my uh, high school kids. Um, Olivia and Evan can drive themselves. So I'm like, hey, uh, it's in the calendar. I'm helping you with that because I'm teaching you a life skill. So here's how to work the Google calendar. It's in there. You get gas in the car. You got your stuff ready. There's the pep talk. You're on your own, right? Uh, for Evan, he's only six. What, how old is he? Sixteen right now. So I give him a little bit more of you know, not bubbling, but hey, have you thought about this? Hey, did you plan that right? 
for my daughter who's 18, I'm like, hey, <laughs> welcome to the real world. You forgot your cleats? That sucks. Yeah, when I go to work and I forget my brain, you get fired. So don't forget your cleats, right? So failing is great. I always say this, when you lose, you learn. Failure helps you understand, right, what to do to fix that. Now, if they're late because you're late, that's, stop it. Coaches, man, I hate it when kids run in. Sorry, I'm late. I hesitate to ask, why? I'm just like, just jump in. They're not warming up. They're missing stuff. It's just not good. Don't be late. Be early. Um, next one, proper gear. So I have chosen sports that require very little gear. Um, I wrestled, so I had a teeny little singlet and, a, and some headgear, right? I uh, uh, pole vaulted, which I guess you need some shoes and a pole, but the school usually bought that for you. I told my kids, look, you can only play soccer because... There's too many of you. I can't drive all these places and it requires shoes and shin guards and that's pretty much it, right? So I've made it easy, but oh my goodness, the number of times. Oh, so actually let me back it up. In my car, I have starting at my youngest daughter, Evie's size. So what is she like a four and a half or five up to my son's size, which is nearly a, a, a 12, every other size or, or just about in soccer shoes with various worn out level of cleats as they've, you know, throwing them away. I don't throw them away. I put them in a bag. So I have every other pair. Why? Because the number of times kids show up to a game and they're like, hey, coach, look at this. And they pull their shoe and the sole apart. And they're like, that's weird. I didn't know that was happening. You're like, how did you not know your shoe was coming apart before now? And so I have a bag of shoes in my car because, and I'm not saying it's the gear is your responsibility. What I am saying is Teach them to respect their gear. I love Mark at uh, the Soccer Outpost up in um, Holly's, uh, uh, Hickory Flat. He's like, hey, if you buy leather shoes, you need to take care of this. And it's a great way for them to understand how to take care of their gear. So I love it. Um, one of my kids is great about taking his soccer shoes out and putting them on the little uh, uh, blow thingy that my wife got from Costco's that unstinkifies them, which is great, and dries them out. So even if they're not wet, put them on there, it airs them out, and it man, it takes the stink away. So if you got stinky shoe, that's, that's a real thing. That's a problem. Um, and it usually just... Put a hairdryer in, don't put a hairdryer in there, but it's like putting a hairdryer in the shoe and letting it blow out. So one of my kids does it and he's like, yeah, I'm on it. I take care of my stuff. The other one's not so much and that's, that's me trying to coach them into, hey, take care of your gear. If you don't and your shoe falls apart, does your coach have a bag of shoes? I don't think so. So they usually carry their old pair in there and then realize, well, I have to play with the stinky pair or the, the, the bad pair and my toe's going to get, you know, lose a toenail because that's what I got, right? So help them with proper gear. Other sports require more gear. I guess swimming would be the least amount of gear, but maybe on that, buy them appropriate razors or help them understand if they're shaving. Um, I think they do that style. Shave your body, right? Make sure they have the right stuff, right? Um, mindset. This, for me, is huge. I, my dad put me on this track, which I don't... Back in the uh, 80s, it wasn't really, I, I guess Tony Robbins, nah, maybe he wasn't around then, but Zig Ziglar, those guys were coming up into the world. So, you know, it was there, but for sports, I don't know, it wasn't really like a mindset thing. So my, my, my thing you could do, the concrete thing you can do right now is have your kid and you listen to the podcast Chasing Excellence with uh, Patrick Cummings and Ben Bergeron. The podcast is a backdrop of CrossFit because that's kind of what they're into, but it's really about mindset of an athlete and, and things that revolve around that, the whole world around it. So start them listening to that. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Help them understand. I mean, it's really bad if you 
or the coach or the kid has the concept or the mindset of, if we win, yay. If we lost, oh, cry. In a game, there is always a winner and a loser. It just happens. That's what's going to happen. So if your only joy is winning and you're in the losing is like boohoo, then half the time you're crying about games and that's just stupid. I know. And you could think, well, what if you tie? So seriously, think about this. If my team is worse and your team is better on paper and we tie, who won? I did, because I tell my kids, yeah, look, they were better, they beat us last time, whatever, and we tied, that's a win for us. If you're the other team, you're like, dang it, yeah, we tied, that's a loss, because we should have crushed them. So tying isn't, I mean, unless you're both going to the Super Bowl or something, you're supposed to tie, you know, whatever. Tying is definitely losing or winning as well. So get your head out of that. When you lose, you learn. It gives me, the coach, an opportunity to fix things. The player should look at it and say, what did I do? Could I do something better? I mean, if we win with a toe ball, I might even consider that a loss. Like, oh, golly, you toe-balled that in there and everyone saw it. And now they're like, yeah, coach is a toe-ball coach. I might rather lose than win with some toe-balls, right? Or, you know what I mean, whatever it is. If the kid is a brick shot in the basketball, like he just takes it in one hand and chunks it and it happens to go in. Um, and it's not like the, the buzzer-beating shot. It's just how he shoots. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, it's somewhat embarrassing, but it works. I don't know, right? So anyway, help them with their mindset. Help them uh, in this. I'm going to actually back right into this one. Help them with obtainable goals, right? It, um, something that you may not know, hopefully you do, is SMART goals. So specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, time-based, and oh, that's it, time-based. So SMART, you can look that up. Look up SMART goal and help them set those. I did that with my girls um, I don't think I have them anymore, but um, their evaluations, I said, hey, here's how I think you did based on the average girl on our team. Here's what I would improve. And um, this is what I doubled down on your strength. And this is the weakness. And then let's set a goal together to help fix that. What do you want it to be? And we made smart goals. I seriously doubt any of them actually did anything with it. Maybe one out of 15, but at least they know the concept now. And it was actually kind of funny. Uh, two parents said, you, he just said smart goals. And the daughter's like, I guess because you said it and you're not my parent, I'll listen. But so we were on the same page, which goes to the bottom one, partner with your coach, but we'll get there. Nutrition habits, man, depending on the sport, wrestling, mm, that's so bad for your health, for nutrition. Um, definitely have a coach to help your kid understand nutrition. If you're playing football, man, that is bad for your health too, uh, for weight. On the other side, have somebody to help them along and not just say, the coach doesn't really care about the health of your kid when they're 25. And if the coach is packing on pounds so that he's a lineman that can just nail some people, which is great, but he's not helping them undo the mess that they're creating when he's 25 and he's still 400 pounds, I mean, that's bad. So get some nutrition guidance now, and I'm not saying things like, hey, let's do macro counting. We're going to track your plate and this and that. That's good. Um, nothing wrong with that. But go for the basics of let's talk about habits. And how do we adjust your habits so that the cues, when you're done with football, the cues are gone. So the ritual and the reward are not set up because the cue is missing, right? So help figure those out so that your kid will have a better success later on for the for the boys in wrestling and football. I guess girls could do wrestling and football as well. But typically on the girl side, it's, uh, and we see this a lot with soccer, um, they get into puberty and then they maybe 
change their eating habits or whatever, and it sizes them differently. And so um, you want to negotiate those waters super careful. And it's best not coming from a parent. Parents, if you're saying to your kid, oh, you're so ugly because you're fat, or you need to, you're only pretty when you're skinny, man, you are doing the wrong thing. And that's a whole different topic. And man, I don't ever say that stuff. Don't address pretty and love with weight. That's the wrong, you love them regardless, not because of the way they look, but athletically, I mean, it is a lot easier to play soccer when you're not carrying around extra weight or whatever sport, right? So maybe not darts. I think darts is still a sport or bowling, but maybe it doesn't matter. But anyway, so get professional help. Um, our gym does nutrition uh, counseling through habits as well, as well as macros, but habits as I think a better way to do it. It's easier to sustain over time and to edit those habits as you go. Okay. Next one is uh, out-of-sport options. <clears throat> Help your kid investigate those. So if they're only playing in-season, that's nice, but if they're really into it, or if you're into it, help them investigate that. Sometimes having different eyes, a new coach, something that's out of season will help spark or say or hear that thing that then carries them along. So investigate those out of season options. Even do like a sleepaway camp. I think that's great. They'll build some interesting bonds. They'll learn some freedom, but also they're there to learn whatever that sport is. I think it's a great option. Drive camps are okay, but there's something that spin the night away camps that really help it's an intangible. If you haven't done it, then I can't really explain it to you. If you've been to them, you know, like, oh, yeah, that one time when I went to that camp and I was up in, you know, uh, uh, where did we go a lot? We went to a Berry College for a soccer camp. A great experience on our own. Yeah, we snuck out. I don't know if they do that anymore. They probably have more cameras and all that. But that was part of growing up, right? So, um, <clears throat> well, that's another another topic, I suppose. All right, next thing. I said this before and I'll say it again. This has been probably the biggest thing in my life. Don't be that ass on the field. Don't yell at the refs. Don't yell at your player. For Don't ever yell at other players. And don't yell at the coach. Simply say, good job, boys, girls, whatever. Good job. I hesitate to even yell names. And then in the car as they're walking off the field, this statement has changed the game for me completely. Evie, I love watching you play soccer. And even when she's coming off with tears, like we lost and it was bad and the big girl crushed me, when she hears that, she's like, yeah, okay. And it changes the framework in their head of what they're looking at. I'm here. I did have fun. And my parents, you know, I'm performing to them. AJR has this really cool song, um, uh, uh, Watch My Play. So listen to that. You'll get the idea. They just want you to watch their play. So watch them play and tell them I love you and um, I love watching you play. Next, one-on-one versus group. <clears throat> there is a place for one-on-one -on -one training. I, I think off-season one-on-one is great because uh, champion or, champions are made in the off-season, but if you're in a team sport, then you need that group lesson, right? So definitely stick with the team. Um, Out-of-season group lessons, I think, are also valuable. There's a lot of times, like, you can't practice timing and setups and whatever it is if you're by yourself. You can work on individual skill, which is great. And that individual skill, almost every coach, ex except for maybe swimming, is going to say that the ability to attack one-on-one -on -one is key for me. And typically there's many things that go into that. I already understand the, the defense mindset. I go goal side, pretty much works for any game. Doesn't, well, again, not swimming. Anything with a ball in a net, go goal side, right? Make it compact, jockey, all those things. Um, if you can take someone on one-on-one -on, -one on the defensive side or the offensive side, I have the skill set, the hands or the feet or the maneuvery, whatever it is, to get around them. That's beautiful. So of course, you want to win when you're on defense and win when you're on offense. So one-on-one -on -one is huge. So um, it is valuable. I think the thing that maybe is mis 
uh, not uh, gone to a lot is getting your 10,000 hours in your sport is definite and mandatory and you need that, right? Build that time up. But you also need to train the other things that build you up. So again, using Matt Shelton from um, uh, Tulsa, I think is where he's playing right now. Um, he talks about his athleticism and how he's really ramping that up while doing the other things, foot skill and so forth, the basics, you know, the mundane, mastering the mundane. So like we started something for my kids, uh, the summer strength that we do at the CrossFit Garage at, at our gym. And I'm starting something now for my soccer girls called Soccer Strength and Power. It's pretty much the same thing. We're going to twist it a little bit to help them specifically with soccer. But um, find that stuff that's out of the ordinary that when they come back, yes, I've been juggling and, and they're like, whoa, right? So look around, Google it, right? I, I don't know in these times, you're like, well, what about Corona? Man, if you're concerned about Corona, then get off sports. I, I don't know. I, you just can't really, you, you can't be a wrestler and be like, I'm not touching anybody. I mean, I don't know. Just go get over it. Go get it. I, I don't know. That's for you and your world to figure out. I'm saying if sports are your concern, go live and do and be, well, we fight viruses by being healthy and fit. So do whatever you want, but yeah, that's what we do. So the other one I had mentioned is new eyes or new coach. I think this is great. If you've got the same coach forever, it could be great. They could be the best coach in the world. Awesome for you. Most coaches are fly by the seat of their pants. Not everyone's putting as much effort into it as, say, like uh, Coach Rob at uh, Cherokee Impact, right? The, the guy is all in. There's nothing else that he's going to do. Uh, Scott's the same way. Several of those coaches are just phenomenal. Um, I give a lot because I just love to help, but I'm not normal in the ways of coaching. I, I just, I care too much. I like, like the pole vaulting guy. Hey, can you come up? Yes, I'll be there. Why? I just like helping people. So I put a lot of thought into this and I want to help you guys with this. So new eyes is good. Those summer camps, those other things you could do, somebody else. I, I, this is great. It doesn't even have to be brand new eyes, but brand new environment. So one of my players, uh, Lila, a great soccer player, um, she's at our gym doing some stuff with the team. And I am watching with new eyes. It's not soccer coach eyes, but I'm doing CrossFit eyes and I'm watching form. And I'm watching her. I'm like, wow, I said this and she, I gave her a cue, everyone a cue, and she cued really well to that spot. And then she maintained range of motion as well as proper movement. And, and so the other day when her dad came in to pick her up, I was like, I, I just got to tell you. So new eyes, seeing her in a different light. I'm like, I think I could do more with her than I was on the field. I'm not pushing her as much as I probably could. So having either new eyes or new environment with the same guy is beautiful. It brings up different things you can have with your kid. Switching teams. Maybe that's a good one, right? Um, the last one I'm going to go over and then I'm going to cut this off. I got more stuff, but we'll make it another uh, talking session is understand what your coach is trying to do and then partner with them. Don't be the guy who fights the coach. Why isn't my kid getting more playing time? Well, you never show up on time with your kid, so I'm punishing them because the other kids do. Or your kid never juggles and their footwork sucks. So yeah, I'm pulling them off the field because we're going to lose if I play her too much. I go, well, that's interesting. If you think your kid is the best on the team, then you're an idiot and you need to get different eyes on that thing, okay? Um, uh, hey, Kirby, I don't know where you are in this, but hey, you're at the end for me. Um, so it, it, there's very few times when you can say your kid is the best kid on the team because, well, are they the best at goalie? Well, no, then they're not the best on the team. Are they best at defense or offense? Are they best at midfield or passing? Are you talking about throw-ins? Which particularly piece are you saying? Are you saying overall in general she's the average best, but then she's just average. She's probably not the best at something, right? So 
Very few times can you say my kid is the best. And if you're fighting your coach because my kid is the best and they deserve, then you're an idiot and you're screwing up your kid, right? Ask someone next to you, someone that you don't love and care for, and someone maybe is the other person that you just can't stand. You're like, hey, give me your honest opinion. Is my kid the best on the team? And they're probably going to tell you honestly because they've wanted to say it for years. No, and you're an a-hole and you should stop it, right? So understand what the coach is doing. Partner with them to help. For me, it's easy. Hey, girls, juggle at home because footwork is our worst part, right? In soccer, I have an easy ability to fix you're tired. How do I fix you're tired? I can just sub you, but I can't fix skill. So they get on the field and they're like, I can't pass or trap. I'm like, dang it. And I got to play a sum. So we fix passing and trapping because, I mean, pretty much in every sport, if I can't dribble a basketball, I can still pass and catch. And I mean, I don't know, shooting is a little different. You could sort of pass it into the goal. Soccer, you can totally pass it in the goal. Um, anyway, so partner with your coach. Ask questions. Coaches love it when you ask, how can I help? Coaches hate it when you say, hey, I noticed that little Tina got one minute less than little Sally, and I am pissed. Probably he didn't know. He's just doing the best he can. Does he have an assistant that actually want, monitors time? Probably not. So wait 24 hours, then ask. But partner with him. That's so much better for your athlete, okay? So those are, I think... 11, 12, 13 things, maybe 10 things that you can actually do to help your kid. And I got three other pages that I didn't go through, so we'll talk about those next time. All right, hope that helps, guys.